With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool center. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, a very good evening, everyone. Welcome to your Monday. It is AFL Review Night with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn. Haggers, good evening to you. G'day, Peter. Hello, everyone out there as well. Big weekend, wasn't it? It was a huge weekend. And this precinct, uh, and you can see the scars (laughs) as you walk in. It's been battered. And certainly the wild weather across the weekend didn't help with the surface. We'll come back to that in a moment. But yesterday here at Optus Stadium on a shifting surface, it was St Kilda who kept their finals hopes alive with that 28-point uh, win over the West Coast Eagles, who were certainly in the game for the most part. After all, uh, only around about nine points separated the two sides heading into the final term, but the Eagles only kicked one goal, and that was late in that final quarter. A couple of uh, promising aspects to the West Coast Eagles' loss and also a couple of major concerns. Let's start with the upside. So let's look positive first up. Jai Cully positive, Josh Rotham, who has been a yo-yo for well, all of this man, season. You? You've yeah. been well on that particularly. Given, given a new role, kicked two goals and kicked them very, very well. So there was a couple of bonuses there. And, of course, Tom Barris continues to be a very much an informed defender for and, Eagles. And probably all-Australian full-back. Now, it depends how the selectors look at, I think, Peter, and we're getting off uh, off a plan here to come to Barras straight away. But... Uh, Depends how the selectors look at those positions. Stephen May would have been a week or two ago mm. my preferred all-Australian fullback, but I think Tom Barras, the fact that he's just playing such good football in a team that's playing such, at times, deplorable football and just having a disgusting season, he'd have to be something that's so positive. Probably an all-Australian key defender, whether it's a back pocket or fullback, and Stephen May at fullback, who then gets centre-half back. It's it's It's... It's fascinating to see where Tom Barras might finish up. He's my West Coast Eagles fairest and best player yeah. this year. I, I don't mm. think there'd be any argument with that and, and probably no surprise even with four games to go. A lot of it does depend a bit on how many games you play. If you play 19 or 20, 21, 22 the games. The they do their voting. Yes, or 25 in a premiership season, et cetera, when Elliot Yo won it uh, in 2018. Barras was fantastic. The other one too, let's not discount. I thought Bailey Williams had a pretty good game yesterday. Yes. That's probably about the best one. Now up against Ryan Marshall, I rate him very highly. Uh, I just wonder if Marshall perhaps suffered a little bit from having to be so much more on ball than he would if Paddy Ryder was playing normally. He didn't seem to have that same degree of, of chop out to go forward, to freshen up, to go to the bench. So Bailey Williams took advantage of that. And I thought, you know, 18 possessions, 13 contested possessions, and I know sometimes we harp on about that, but he's around the ball. He has to compete for his uh, for his ball, a bit like Nick Natanui, for instance, and 10 clearances, 10 clearances to Bailey Williams. So I thought that was under-recognised. I thought uh, he was impressive yesterday to look at something positive. But I, I'm, I'm not accepting in the slightest this, West Coast, this latest West Coast Eagles debacle. 
You thought I can't, they, they I, could have won yesterday. They, they should have won, and I said on Thursday, I, there's no excuses for West Coast. A more experienced team, older, 30-game difference average across the group that played yesterday and St Kilda. St Kilda, I know, had a lot to play for. And their coach, and I've got a reason why I reckon Brett Ratton was able to be as filthy as he was all week publicly, even normally in this modern day, coaches aren't even filthy behind closed doors, let alone publicly. And I, th- I think it's because he had a two-year extension, so mm. a coach is in a pretty comfortable position. But, Peter, you know, I, I just don't accept it. West Coast, they just muffed chances to win another game. West Coast led at quarter time. Did I, did I see the scoreboard wrong? They won the third term, and they narrowly won the clearances, 40 to 39. At the 10-minute mark of the final quarter, West Coast had had 23 inside 50s to St Kilda's 10 since in the second half. It, it, and the scores are 9-2 to 10-6. Where was West Coast Eagles' forward line? Where are their much-vaunted million-dollar players? How can Tim Kelly have a four-possession game? Well, let's get to that because How can Josh... Yet- how can, how can Jack Darling have a two-possession first half when they won the first quarter? It, it's just unforgivable, unacceptable. How can Luke Shuey have a three-possession first term? I know he tried and he's a, he's a brave little man. We, we, we know all that. Andrew Gaff in a different role. We heard Adam Simpson say on Thursday, look for some experiments. We're going to experiment. Well, Andrew Gaff gets experimented as an on-baller. So he starts on the bench rotating through the midfield half forward. So that's the Dom Sheed sort of a role. He's not capable of that. Mm. Finishes with 17 possessions. Xavier O'Neill, uh, can he play? I know he's only a kid. Four possessions to half time, nine for the match, playing on the ball. Mm. While Jack Steele gets 40 possessions, Brad Crouch gets 31. They clear it after clear it after clear it. Ross gets 27. And on top of all that, who's the kid? that tagged Kelly out of the game. Just... Interesting. So let's have a look at Kelly. And I think that's a big story. By the way, he's been fined $2,000 with an early plea for striking Rowan Marshall. And the Saints' uh, big man has been fined $1,000 for tripping Liam Duggan. So I, I couldn't get my head around it when working with Scott Cummings yesterday in the SEN AFL Nation broadcast, he said to me, Tim Kelly had four possessions, and I can't recall when he said it to me. And <laughs> well, I thought and He I, had his fourth possession at the 10-minute mark of the last quarter. And I thought to myself, you're right, Scott. I've hardly called him, if I've mm. called him at all. Mm. So what's happened there? Now, two weeks ago, he had a 40-possession game. And here at home for West Coast yesterday, he collected four possessions, two kicks and two handballs. Now, something is not right. Not saying overall with Tim Kelly – but about what happened yesterday, either before the game, his mental state of mind, was he injured? Uh, didn't he follow instructions? I don't know, but there was something amiss yesterday. Well, I, I, could, I could go out there and get more than four possessions. I'm not falling for the cover on his corked thigh. You know, post-match, Adam Simpson said, look, he wouldn't like it if I said anything about the corked thigh, so no. no. And I thought, well, then why say it? Yeah. You've thrown up straight away. He's carried something into the game, and someone must have encouraged Tim Kelly to play with a cork thigh. I'm assuming that. I'm assuming that. But cork thigh or not, he's played. He's been passed to play. He's played. Didn't look comfortable with it. Marcus Windhager 
is a 19-year-old kid playing his, I think it's about his 15th game. He had a good game yesterday. Well, he, he outplayed Tim Kelly. Mm. He had a good game yesterday. Finished up with, with uh, 23 possessions himself, a couple of clearances, seven times he pumped them inside 50 with Tim Kelly standing back with his lip down near his ankles. Mm. So I think also Tim Kelly, he looked like he cracked it to me. Did, well, could, didn't handle the tag at all. However, there's something wrong with how the coaching box didn't handle that either. Send him to full forward. Sub him off. Oh, you can't do that. Well, they well, can. All of a sudden, he's got the <laughs> no, cork no, thigh. They, they he's want, not you running can't... well. Take him off. Okay, so you're playing from Richmond's playbook now, aren't you, from Friday wow. night? <laughs> yeah, I know, that... I know uh, Jack Billings was uh, taken out very oh, early. He was injured. He, was he injured. got his back injury. But the yeah. point is, okay, Kelly's got a leg injury. Medi sub, get him off. Absolutely. absolutely. Or, as I say, if you're making him play, throw him to full forward. Push the others up the ground. I saw Darling, Darling finished up with eight possessions for the match. Two goals. Two goals. Both of them you know, uncontested gathers. Mm. One a handball just over the top of the pack. Um, and eight possessions overall. Send him up the ground. Even throw him into the centre square. If you're yeah. going to experiment, let's see things that are totally exper- different. And the other- Darling did get at least three of his possessions of his eight behind the centre. And the other experimentation yesterday was giving Liam Ryan a bit of a licence. Picked up for far more of the footy, but in the back half. Well, which yeah, you don't normally see. Well, again, I'm sorry, Peter. Uh, he's another one I've got on my hit list here. You know, like, <laughs> They're all on your ha- hit list. But how ineffective is their forward line? How Darling gets two possessions to half time. Liam Ryan nine possessions to half time. Six of them in the first quarter. Then he's knackered. Yeah, he's not fit he to run out of the game. game. He had six possessions in the first term, and you thought, oh, Liam Ryan's back. And even the coverage goes on about the great Liam Ryan is back. He's got a fat tummy. He's got a fat backside. He's not back. He can't last a game out. All right, let's go to Lee. Who's Jamie been... Cripps? Six possessions. No, he struggled time. yesterday. Hello, Lee. How are we going? We're going to get the West Coast Eagles, and you've jumped on early. <laughs> hi, hi, Sorry, hi, Lisa. Hi, I fired you, you up. I yes. think I know you're an Eagles fan, but I, I just couldn't. You two, two cracked me up. You really do, honestly. <laughs> um, Pete, before I get on to my um, Eagles. Um, I was there, I was watching the footy, but I had it on SEN listening to you calling the um, soccer on Saturday night, yes. and you did a sensational job. Those names just rolled off your tongue beautifully. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit different to Crips and Darling. <laughs> Kennedy, let me tell you. Kelly. Thanks, Lise. Thanks, no, Lise. You, you're done. You're done very well. Thank you. Um, I can tell you why Tim Col- Tim Kelly only got four touches. Yep. Because he was beaten by Marcus. Winderhager. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why he only got four touches. Well, and it's not about a cork thigh. It's not about anything. He was well, well beaten. And Liam Ryan, um, he is. Um, I'm sorry, I, I don't like bagging my players, but Liam Ryan, he's lazy. And I think. I think he's lazy because he gets tired. I think he has to stay out there. Yes. You've got to have 22 players uh, operating in the match, but he's not fit. He, he can't sustain. Efforts. He can't sort of go once, come back, go again around the pack or on lead, double lead, figure eight leads. He can't. Do, I think he's just not fit. No, and most of those most of those Eagles senior players um, were well down yesterday too. Yeah, so, yeah. and and just this just quickly too. Um, have we got another new rule in the um, AFL? Have we that called the Gin, the Ginevan rule? Oh, very good call on that. I'm glad that it did come up because My I think goodness. I think. I think a lot of people are perhaps sort of saying, oh, we've talked about this too much. Oh, it's, it's the talking point of the game. Sick of it. He was victimised yesterday. That, that, that tackle from Mason Redman midway through the first term, uh, 
That that means the game's changed. Mm. That could have been questioned at rugby league as a head high tackle and you're facing a reprimand or 10 minutes in the sin bin. That was disgraceful. And that's when I thought this is where the AFL have just gone too far because that didn't just change the AFL. If that rule is called play on when he was strangled by Mason Redmond, I've got to say, Lisa and Pete and everybody, that's not just the AFL. That's Australian rules, Australia-wide, that yeah. you've just changed the landscape. Mm. You can grab a bloke around the neck and rip his head off. Mm. That Rugby won't even put up with that. No, that's right. That's right. You so very thanks, Lisa, because I, I wondered if a lot of people might have thought, oh, no, nah, there's been too much said about it. But th- this kid's been victimised. Yeah, and He's the reason that, that they made the adjudgment. Mm. Good on you, Lise. Thanks for your call. Appreciate it. Uh, Come and join us. How on did the... Essendon get back in that? They did uh, not. You know, they did not have one possession inside their fifty meter arc in in the first term, having gone in there. I think about ten times. They went in there eight to ten times and didn't win a possession. Mm. And you well, thought, oh, they're gone. When, when you saw the tailing, because I was here at the stadium, yeah. but of course uh, Jones hitting the post from directly in front, he could have iced the oh, game. I tell you, but... what Essendon fans will also be dirty at, and I, I'm led to believe even the hierarchy is how badly they were coached and how badly they performed in that last couple of minutes, which mm. means that there's been no education and no planning, no strategy for what happens if. Now, Colin would do that twice a week, apparently. What happens if circumstances, yeah. and they didn't do it with, with Essendon at all. Okay, the Scarborough Toyota open line is there for you, 13 12 55. Paul's given us a call. Hello, Paul. How are you going? Yeah, good day, boys. I've got uh, two things. I want to talk about Tim Kelly and yep. I want to talk about Fremantle. Mm-hmm. So... Tim Kelly, once he's being tagged, instead of you, you mentioned why doesn't he go forward? Well, why doesn't he then become a tagger onto someone? And then for a short time, two, well, two things will happen. He'll end up following around Eva Jack Steele and Brad, Brad Crouch with, mm-hmm. a, with someone mm-hmm. following him around. Yep. The, and then the tag will be dropped or he'll be successful and then cutting them out of the game. Well, the other thing too, Paul, is that, and again, that's an age-old one. This, we, this goes back to the 50s and 60s and 70s when, when, when tagging was just starting. The first thing you did was say, well, t- if you're being tagged, go and stand on someone else. But it frees up one of your players because Winhager stays Correct. with Kelly, who goes on to steal or crouch, as you say, and then a shoey or a cully or someone around the ball is freer. Exactly right. And that just, it just didn't happen. Now, with, with Fremantle, um, well, a couple of things. There's obviously that, that whole debacle over the the sub and Ben Miller and Ben Miller. Yeah. But the other thing is Justin Longmuir, he's, he's a third year coach. He's by all accounts, an absolute ripper bloke, but is he, is he good enough on match day? Like we had the, we had the, we had the issue last week, but he was clearly out coached by, um, John by, Longmire. by John Longmire. And then in the last quarter, Andrew Brayshaw spends eight minutes on the bench. That's your best player that you, that you have at your, at your at like in one of your best resources you have access to, and he's on the bench. And he gets for, get, gets gets back on with two and a half minutes to go, uh, yeah. and it seemed cold. Like that drop chest mark of his at uh, at centre half back, which allowed uh, yep. Richmond to run it forward. Yep. <laughs> My first thought was, well, oh, he's cold. He's been standing on the boundary line, frustrated, trying to get on. Uh, but my only cover to that is that we see too much of this in AFL, which is so heavily scrutinised, Paul, and so televised and covered, and you see so many different angles. And you, you do see times when they say, oh, look, the game's on the other side and so a key player can't get on. Dustin Martin can't get on, or in this case, Andrew Brayshaw can't get on. 
Who just get someone off? Whoever's <laughs> yeah. the closest, really? closest to the area. Yeah, get off, and we want our number Absolutely. one player back on. I, I found that hard to come to terms with the excuse. I, but this is all about, and I think it's too much overdone. I think it's level four coaching accreditation that some of these coaches just stick with systems and structures. Oh, if we'd made someone run away from the from the centre circle area, our structure, our defensive structure would have fallen down while Andrew was getting on. Oh, bad luck. Yeah. Get him on. That's the most important. Yep. Make him run towards that Ooh. defensive area and, and fill in and someone else falls back. I, I, I'm with you. I was really surprised that that, took so, that mm. could take so long. It's such a tight game. Yeah, good on you, Paul. Thanks for the call, mate, and we appreciate you listening to Drive with Peter Vlahos with Haggers on a Monday and a Thursday. And we need to clear a break. Okay. Now, the West Coast Eagles, Waffle side, have got a buy this week. Yeah. I'm just wondering whether there's an opportunity now to maybe bring a few players up oh. and give them a go oh, this please. week. All right, Haggis. I'm going to throw you a few names You know who comes back way. in this week? Who? Yo, Natanui. What about Greg Clark? Rioli? Give him a go. Give Greg Clark a go. Give a couple of the other players a go. Maybe give Luke Edwards a go to see if he's up to it yeah. or not. Oh, I just think there's an opportunity. These guys aren't playing footy. Throw them in this week. This well, is the, Drive. You're not... The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Yes, Hags, Hags and I are still discussing what the West Coast Eagles should do. But listen, if you want to talk about West Coast, give us a call on the Scarborough Toyota open line, 13 12 55, or Texas. Come on, I've opened well, the text line. Hang on, Haggers. Tempera Bedshed text line 0487 736 736. We're going to get onto the Fremantle Dockers. And on Saturday morning... I spoke to Hayden Young on the Tab Touch Lounge, who was BOG, uh, got all the 10 votes from the coaches. And this is what he had to say on that hectic draw on Friday night. Yeah, no, it was pretty hectic, hectic scenes uh, late in that last quarter. We we probably got lucky there, made a few chances, and uh, yeah, we somehow escaped with a draw. However, we sort of felt like early in that last quarter, we, we had a lot of opportunities to potentially, um, yeah, put on put a good score up and win the game, and we probably didn't execute. So, um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting last quarter, and um, it was probably um, good viewing for the fans. But, well, yeah, I knew the game was, was close, and we, we needed to score. So um, when I had the ball, I was just trying to get it moving quickly and try to get it in our front half. And then, obviously, on the defensive side, just do whatever I could to, to stop them from scoring. Um, yeah, it was pretty hectic in that last quarter, and... I was definitely running on fumes, but, um, yeah, just did what had to be done. He's a jewel in the crown, this young kid. Oh, he's a good player, and we talked there a moment ago about maybe Tom Barass as an mm. All-Australian. I'm not going to try and fill up the All-Australian team with all these <laughs> West Australian-based boys, but he would have to be another one. And if he has an outstanding finish this season, uh, uh, you'd think Hayden Young would be in the initial squad of 40. Uh, so, too, will the likes of Andrew Brayshaw, perhaps uh, big Sean Darcy, uh, and the other one that's emerging as an All-Australian candidate even is Brennan Cox. Yes. Now, his game was outstanding. Significant, Peter, worth mentioning here, Hayden Young, clearly, I thought he was clearly best on ground. I then sort of struggled a bit for who I was convinced would be the other best. I went for Shea Bolton uh, as second best on ground, Dion Prestia, uh, Will Brody again, Trent Cochin, Caleb Sarong. However, all the, the two coaches have gone for all the defenders, haven't they? Yeah, they have. And, and there's and, the list. Yeah, so Hayden Young got two lots of five. So from each of the respective coaches, Damien Hardwick and uh, and his own coach, Justin Longmuir, gets five votes. Brennan Cox, four. Nick Vlosten, four. Robbie Tarrant, four. 
Dion Prestia, three. Caleb Sarong, three. Dylan Grimes and Jordan Clark, for heaven's sake. So of seven players that got coaches votes, five of them are defenders. Defenders. And I thought that was pretty significant in the game itself, that it was just played and, and it was just such low scoring, 7-10, as we know. Mm. But everything else was so quite even, wasn't it? The, the, the contested possessions, Fremantle 135 to Richmond, the 131. Clearances, 39. Fremantle's way, 28 to... Richmond. So again, Richmond's defenders have had to repel that and they both had much the same inside 50s, 50 to Fremantle and 51 to Richmond. Also very even. Second half I thought was significant where Fremantle had 28 inside 50s to Richmond's 20. And I think that's where Fremantle have not won this game because they couldn't finish. They lacked the forwards. Yeah, everyone's had their uh, chat about the draw. We're going to discuss that as well. And also, you've mentioned it, four-year deal reportedly for Rory Lobb to the Western Bulldogs. Now it's starting to leak out that Lobb has reportedly told Frio of his desire to be traded. We'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, Let's go to Alex, who joins us on the Scarborough Toyota Open Line, 13-12-55. Hello, Alex. G'day, guys. G'day, Alex. Um, Do you think that the AFL has lost its way in terms of the laws of the game? How they've sort of um, allowed them to sort of be be adapted. Oh, like ab- the Ginnivan, the Ginnivan one was um, a debacle. Mm. You got the video where they try to demonstrate what would be paid and what wouldn't be paid, and the Hawthorne guy gets a smack in the chops, no pre kick, no nothing. Yet for a trip you can get reported, or even an attempted trip you can get reported. Yet now you can smack a guy across the head. And it's nothing. Yeah. I, I, I made the comment a moment ago, Alex, is that it's not just the AFL. The AFL, as the showpiece for Australian rules, that Ginnivan tackle from uh, Mason Redmond, Redmond changed the landscape of every game of footy right across the country. It legalised head-high tackles. But in addition, the... Mm-hmm. Um, with the ruck, it's ruck lotto, as commentators call it. Yeah. None of the commentators seem to know what's a free kick and what's not a free kick. Yeah. You've got the hands in the back being allowed. And as a consequence, you've got players like Tom Hawkins who just absolutely um, take advantage of it and push the guy under the ball as the ball arrives. And there's no free kick for a push in the back. Yeah, good on you, Alex. Uh, thanks for the call. Oh, just, it's, you know, I, it's not only confusing. It's I've actually, just seen I, the, I've just seen the Ginnivan uh, yeah, tackle again. Yeah, it's yeah. just... It is ludicrous. You can't tell me that's a play on. Unbelievable. It, it, it legalizes scrapping the. Someone's going to finish up with a broken jaw, and that, and that, you know, like if your forearm or your your the, the front of your top of your wrist or your wrist just at the top of your palm before it hits, hits your your ulna and radius, you whack someone around the jaw with that on the the Ginnivan type tackle from Mason Redman. You break a jaw, and also the way he fell, like his back was arched. Uh, the top no, of his body was No, but he didn't back. raise his arm. No, I but didn't... I'm just saying it was dangerous. The yeah. way he actually was taken, of course, high, which of course then put a lot of pressure on the lower part of his body because he was actually pushed back. But... And further to Alex's query, there, absolutely, I, I think a lot of us, and, and I, you know, there's I reckon probably about forty or fifty people right across the country that don't dare challenge the rule changes and the interpretations. That's the that's the broadcast. Uh, particular rights mm. holders, particularly the television coverage, because they're all they're all in the AFL's pocket. Exactly. They're endorsing and supporting it all, and they're, and, they're a PR machine for the yeah, AFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'd also say, mate, on the back of Alex's call, you, there will be some people becoming so disillusioned with the AFL as a, as a showpiece, as a sport, that, that they're walking away from it. I know the numbers are good, the attendances have been bragged about, but I think the AFL are pretty fortunate in this year when we've had such 
such questionable rule changes yeah. and interpretations. And this garbage about interpretation, if you interpretate something different, you're changing the rule. That's the rule. Oh, it's just interpretation. It's a slight change in it. No, it's not. It's like if you play and miss in cricket and you get given not out or given out because you decide it's a bad shot, you're, you're changing the rules. It's the same here. You can't say it's a change of interpretation. It is a change of rules. Even things like the ruck nomination. How pathetic is that? <laughs> and, and I couldn't believe yesterday also, Hags, the boundary line throwing, how many balls hit the turf well, there before, was one, the, before the ruckman got there. Not once, not twice, but multiple There was times. one at the Gabba where the field umpire told the boundary umpire, uh, do it again. Yeah. Actually stopped the game and said, do that throw in again. It happened multiple times yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's go back to Fremantle before we take a break. What do you do with Rory Lobb now? Now, he's basically... Well, the first thing you do is get him up to play against Melbourne because they need another forward option. And I think also they need, I think... Fremantle need to look at, like it or not, Lloyd Meek to share the ruck with Sean Darcy because the way this finals campaign and premiership race is starting to evolve, we touched on it weeks ago. You need two big forwards. You've got to have – look at what Geelong are doing. If it's not one getting you in, in Cameron or Hawkins, it's the other one. Uh, I just think you just have to work Lobb and Tamina as flaky as they can be as inconsistent as they can be, as unreliable as they can be, to play more forward. And then maybe one at, to a bench at times when Darcy goes forward. Darcy's got to get his marking and his catching in packs and his, his contested marking back up again. That's mm. dropped. I, I think Fremantle have got to look at that. So right now, Rory Lobb needs to concentrate on playing for Fremantle this Friday night. He'd be no guarantee, even though he's been wheeled out today. Fremantle will do a lot of this, wheel him out in front of cameras and say, oh, he's taking his first steps towards playing against Melbourne. He's got a crook shoulder, he's got an AC, and he's also starting to think about next year and yeah, what my exactly. move is beyond that. And I reckon in some ways Rugby League do it okay. He's got all this speculation around him. He's trying to focus on what he needs to do for Fremantle. He's wondering how Colin Young's going with his contract. He's now in conversation with his next club, which will be, as Hags has reported, the Western Bulldog. Get it out there. Just say, oh, I've signed oh, with no. them. I've signed you can't, with you the think West, so? Yeah, I've signed with the Western do Bulldogs Do what Rugby League year. do. Yeah, get it out. Yeah. And I reckon it'll take so much load off his shoulders. And he says, I'm committed to Fremantle. I will play to the end of the year, and hopefully we can get to the summit. It happens in Rugby League. They're professional sports people, like, you know, Adam Reynolds, who's a South Sydney captain mm -hmm. last year, who came through the South Juniors and then said, because he couldn't get the right deal, like Rory Lobb, decided to go to the Brisbane Broncos. Even though Lobb was keen to get to Melbourne, the better deal there for the Western Bulldogs. No, but it wasn't the better deal. The the, the deal was the problem. But He's on but, such huge money. But it's a longer deal, isn't it? Another three years. Yes, but he would have got that at Fremantle, except for Fremantle need to move personnel to create the salary availability for Luke Jackson and perhaps even Angus Brayshaw. I'm not falling for that one. Angus Brayshaw is in big talks with Essendon. He's more likely to go yeah. to Essendon to fill the place for uh, of, of Dyson Heppel, who will get squeezed out. Essendon want Heppel out. Right. To get his money, he's on big money. He's only been offered 500 for next year, a one-year deal. It's a deal that he needs to refuse. And they're trying to get rid of him for Zach Merritt to be captain and Angus Brayshaw to get into Essendon. That's that's on the on the go. However, Jackson to Perth, that's why Rory Lobb needs to move and so many other players. And we talked about the likes of Blake yeah. Akers. Blake Akers. North Melbourne looked like taking Blake okay. Akers on really good money. It wasn't the deal last year that prevented 
Rory Lobb going. It was the fact that he was on too much money. He okay. did. He was offered, you know, five or six hundred a year for the next three years or so, but he was already on eight hundred. Okay. Well, give us your thoughts. I think rugby league do it okay, and I reckon it adds so much more headlines to the I AFL during the course of the season. I wonder though, with Fremantle though, it's not what Fremantle need now. Yeah. I anyway, we'll come back and discuss that in the moment. Saw Nat Fife, by the way, on Saturday night here at did the you? Manchester United. Aston Villa match. We'll come How's back he to limping? That. He's limping? I'll come back to that in a moment. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, this is Drive with Peter Vlahos and Kim Hagdorn on this Monday here on SEN. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Great to have you coming. As I mentioned, I spoke to Hayden Young on uh, my program, the Tab Touch Lounge, on Saturday morning. He was just was got that off... before they left Melbourne. No, no, it was like, yeah, yeah. Well, he was on the bus, just got off the bus. They were waiting at the Melbourne airport to fly back, uh-huh. and he took the phone call. We had a good chat, and no doubt we asked him on uh, Nat Fife's injury, and this is what he had to say. Yeah, he seems to be in good spirits. He um, came down to the beach this morning, and we all did recovery as a team. Um, so. Yeah, he seems to be going all right. Hopefully, he um, can get get it get it looked at during the week, and hopefully, the best result. We get a good result from it, so um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. To be confirmed is what it says on the Fremantle Dockers injury list website. Just that came out half an hour ago. I saw him actually, as I mentioned on Saturday night. He came and watched the Manchester United. Aston Villa match in deplorable conditions. It was cold. It was windy. It Why was wet. Why would you wet. do that? Why would you do I that? I thought you might want to stay home and just rest jamming. Oh, absolutely. Because it was. It was frenetic. 60,000 oh. people there, hustle and bustle. And I saw him down near the Manchester United buses. Those so great big double-decker yeah, red ones. Yeah, they spent $100,000 yeah. yeah. to get those buses just for this weekend painted with Manchester United on it. Where, they, where are they now? They'd be a good seller. No, eh? A good collector's know. item, wouldn't they? But saying that, he was down there. I saw him near the Man United buses. So he came along here and, hey, he looked okay. But uh, the Dockers are not sure exactly whether he'll be available this week. What do you know? Look, uh, he has a left hamstring tear. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Fremantle are going to try and play this down, certainly for the next week or so, because there'll be uncertainty on how long Nathan Fife needs to spend out of the game. Now, he has a left hamstring tear. It's the first time he's had the left hamstring. He's had right hamstring trouble. And, and that was poorly handled by Fremantle two years ago as well. When he, he, he did it, pl- only missed one week, then played too quickly against St Kilda, spent the second half camped at full forward, and the claim was post-match, no, it's not a hamstring. It was strategic. And then by Wednesday, uh, with some of us having said from Sunday afternoon that he's got a hamstring trouble, he won't play for a few weeks, uh, Wednesday was when they confirmed he had another hamstring trouble. But the left hamstring is is a tear, and that's that's a three or four-week recovery. Mm-hmm. And he has a right hamstring strain as well. Now, I saw in the coverage Nathan Fife at one stage reach for his right hamstring as play ran away from him. And I thought, oh, I hope he's all right there. He f- continued. And then it was the very first time in the second term that he went into the centre circle that he pulled up badly with the left hamstring. Finished the finished the quarter on off the bench. And then I don't know why he would have started the third term. Lasted four minutes and hobbled off. So my understanding is that ha- he, the left hamstring with Nathan Fife is a bit more than they're letting on early, even though, as you say, the official release is TBC, to be yeah. confirmed. Yeah. Three to four weeks. Now, that's still the end of the season. He, if he starts talking about playing, say, against GWS, the last game of the season at Canberra, 
I'd be very surprised unless he wants to get a game in before the bye, before the finals. Otherwise, four weeks out, have a run with Peel maybe or freshen up again, continue to load. Then it's six weeks till he plays the first final. They've got a problem with the left hamstring. The right one is a strain. It's a soreness and it's very high up towards the, the backside. I also wonder if even the way he played at full forward at one stage on, on uh, Friday night, he surged out twice like a, an established Jason Dunstall or Peter Sumich of the 1990s. And I wondered then, oh, that would put a bit of strain on your hammies because it's such a different type of skill. Mm, mm. Full pace, but he did take a good catch, turn and kicked a goal. I just wonder if that may have been early signs that, uh, or early strain on Nathan Fife's hamstring. It could be a three or four-week lefty, and he's got a right hamstring to get over as well. Okay. Well, so the Dockers have slipped out of the top four uh, since the first time since April. They're now fifth. Collingwood are in the top four oh. after this. To be honest, I didn't hear it. You can hear the crowd. I actually didn't hear the siren go. Um, yeah. I was about to swear. That's Jamie Elliott. Who was he uh, saying that he'd, t- that he'd spoken to about? Is it someone passed? Uh, I'm not Literally. sure, actually. So I couldn't hear uh, the name of that. It was Craig McRae. Oh, Craig McRae had told him to call him McRae. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So. And I guess, look, I suppose, again, uh, my understanding is that... And Col- he had him in the back of his mind yeah. as he was lining up. Collingwood spend at least two sessions a week on what-if scenarios. What if... Just with minutes to go, we've got to defend a few points. What if we need to create a few points? What if we're way in front? What do we do? Apparently twice a week. Conversely, the Essendon players maintain, well, we've never done any of that. That's partly why they were just total disarray yesterday from the bench and certainly on the field. You would have thought they're senior players. And, and again, why was the captain on the bench? Where, where, why was uh, Dyson Heppel on the bench for the last two minutes of the match? So Essendon did a lot of things wrong yesterday. Collingwood did a lot of things right. And from my understanding is... Here's an example of it. Twice a week, Collingwood practice what-if scenarios, and Essendon boys were concerned that there had been none. <laughs> uh, Lisa is, uh, after speaking to Nat Five and being near the Man United bus, I don't know if this was true, but Lee says, uh, guys, heard this morning that Fife was at the United bus on Saturday night trying to get autographs. There you go. Autog- uh, no. Autographs from uh, the Manchester United players. Maybe he's a Manchester United fan. Uh, here's something on the umpires. He and- made he's one of the, one of the Australian athletes. Australian athletics number one. He's one of the top few characters. Why would he need to get autographs well, from might, Manchester United? He might players? be a Manchester United fan. Oh. These are global superstars. Uh, you, he's, 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 he's one of Australia's finest athletes. <laughs> anyway, Haggard, let's go back to that Jack Ginnivan situation. Uh, uh, no name on this text, unfortunately, but uh, writes it pretty well. The umpire made a mistake with the decision. The AFL said so. Not the only mistake by the umpires the last weekend, but I personally am happy for the AFL trying to stamp out the dropping the knees and raising the arm. Not a good look, I understand, but don't hang your whole argument in one bad decision. Oh. I, th- I think that was the most glaring. And the other thing, too, oh, did you say there was no name on that yeah, one? Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. Te- send a, te- text us your, your name if you're still listening because it's a really good point. But I felt for Ginevan because he was the one. He'd been victimised the previous week. He'd been, he'd been prejudiced against for a couple of weeks prior to that. 
And I think he'd actually, I got the impression watching Collingwood in those before yesterday, before against, against Essendon yesterday, that he was working at trying to be better at it and to not just drop at the knees, to not just duck mm. to try to get a free kick. He was trying to evade being tackled. He's a smaller guy. Part of his strength is to go low to try and get away from a groping pair of hands or or pair of pair of hands If because he was being so so monstered. He was being gang-tackled all the time. And because he'd had such a good run to start the season, because he had the white hair, because he was a little smart-ass at times, everyone was after him. And I reckon the umpires were as well. He was victimised. Okay, we're going to take a break. After the break, I'm going to ask you, Frio have slipped out of the top four. Can they get back in? That's one. And secondly... I want to get your opinion about drawn games in the AFL. I'd like to get also our listeners' thoughts. So quickly get on the temperate bedshed text line. So Zero. should we have them or not? We've, yeah. we've, we've got draws. And give us your spin on that. Whether there How should can be, you avoid them? Whether there should be five minutes each okay. way to oh. determine a result. 0487 736 736 or the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. Everybody's had a say. We'll have our say as well. And we want you to have your say. Or is it a golden uh, goal, uh, the first team to kick a goal? Or is it a case of maybe having set shots? Who knows? But uh, Or do we just say with uh, stay with the tried and trusted. If it's a draw, it's a draw, and we share two points out of the four. We'll take a break. It's 16 to 6 here on Drive, all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre. The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmart, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. Okay, uh, on the text line, I think Golden Point would ruin the momentum of the team that should have won. So 10 minutes of footy, no change of end, no first score wins, I think will show the true So 10 winner. minutes, so five minutes each. You'd have yeah, to have yeah. – one thing about Australia – he says here, no change of end. You've got to change Yeah, ends. no, you have to, especially with Australian rules, because it is so influenced by the wind, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, you'd have to have a change of ends – I mean, on, this is on the back of, of such a massive weekend, isn't it? Collingwood winning after the siren yesterday. Fremantle's tie. Uh, Port's, Port's run against Geelong, too. That was threatening mm. again to yeah. be a... Hawkins to be, kicking the last two. Yeah, and, and it was tied for a period of time. You thought, oh, we've got another draw coming. Even Brisbane had to run down Gold Coast. and it, Then, late in that game, you thought, but they kicked goals to win it comfortably, as it turned out. The thing is, with um, Aussie rules, I think because... The draw, you can you get two points for it. So you get a point. Like in soccer, you get a, a point yeah. each, etc. It's In the home and away, I think it's fine. I think it's fine because you've got points. You get percentages ultimately across the whole season, which can play a big part. And I think we're heading towards that this year even. I think at the, at the end of the home and the way, end of round 23, someone will miss out on a spot that either percentage. gives them a home final or even a final. So someone could finish ninth on percentage, 13 wins each, but percentage... Um, I think home and away, it's unnecessary. What is necessary, perhaps, in home and away is to have a time clock count down so that players are aware of it as well. Like at the ground. And we used to have that, but they gave it away because the broadcasters wanted to count up. Mm. But even if you did that, you're going to have some really dull finishes to games when they're a bit one-sided or a side is 20, 30 points up and you look at the clock and think three minutes to go, rather than think, do we need another one? Let's surge forward. They'd be kicking it around. It'd become quite boring, I think. So there's problems there. I think with Aussie rules, you stay with as it is, have the draw but in, in home and away, in finals to separate with the five minutes each way that we've got. All right, that's Hags's thought. Now, Hags, we haven't got a lot of time. Oh, of course. Have AFL, I should say Fremantle, with their draw 
on Friday night and Melbourne here on Friday night, which is massive game for them. If they don't win on Friday, that's it. Top four gone. Not necessarily because they could win their last three and then, but you'll be relying on Sydney to drop a game. I, I sense Sydney and Collingwood are the ones who are chasing fourth spot. I think, but Melbourne lose this week. If Fremantle get Melbourne this week, then Fremantle are back in the mix well and truly mm. for perhaps even top two because I think it's that fine. But then they'd have to beat the Dogs, Eagles and GWS. Melbourne lose with where they've been. They, they've been a bit bit questionable. Even they've I lost thought, five the way, of the last eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And What's gone wrong there? Wow. I think they've been worked out. I don't think they have the key forwards that can finish games. I think Ben Brown's a bit of a fallacy. I, I don't mm. rate him highly at all. Uh, Bailey Fritch has been heavily tagged and watched because he had such a great final series, a great season last year. Lots of other reasons. Petrarca's a bit arrogant. Christian Petrarca's uh, making Max mistakes. Max Gorn's not working as hard around the ground. I thought um, like Tim Kelly's uh, Tim uh, English's game yeah. on Friday night, Friday night, Saturday, Saturday night, was very impressive. He played like a big ruck rover, mm. whereas Max Gorn – and Max Gorn didn't show him enough respect. Gorn still finished up with a lot of possessions. I, I probably I probably made a mistake, really. It's probably not right to – I thought Max Gorn was one of the best few on the ground. I went in for third best on the ground and gave him a vote. 25 possessions, 13 contested, 40 hitouts. But when you look at Tim English's game – where he ran off, kicked goals, was creative, handballs, ran past like a big ruck rover. So Max Gorn's not working as hard. He's not paying his opposition as enough respect. And frankly, I'm not convinced that Melbourne are showing enough opposition, enough respect. There's so, time for tidy, to tidy that up, though, and we'll see them on Friday night because Fremantle at home is far, even more dangerous than they've been all season. They like the fast game. If they get their fast game going... Melbourne could be in a bit of trouble, but I sense that they'll sit down and have a good uh, hard think about things and perhaps perhaps fight back and strike back a little bit. Okay, and saying that, really, at the moment, and they're starting to certainly get into territory by themselves, is Geelong. Oh, I, I like Geelong. Uh, they can play uh, different they places. They challenged by Port Adelaide, but they good sides know how to win, and uh, they knew they took on a desperate power who were hanging on for their last chance but Geelong just did what they needed to do at the and, end. And th- this weekend showed also. I, I thought the weekend, right across the nine games, the ugliest game yesterday was appalling the first half. Mm. T- skill errors on both sides, but West Coast and uh, and and St. St Kilda. But West Coast, and West Coast can't excuse that. I, I'm, I'm tired of, of, of hearing and seeing from the coach that we're experimenting. Oh, when we get soldiers back, we'll be okay. Let's see some systems, some operations, some improvement in the skills. Even their better player, even their bigger name players like Duggan turning the ball over un- unacceptably mm. yesterday and as well as their young players. But the thing is with, uh, with Geelong, Peter, is that even Port Adelaide, with the way they came back in that third term, shows how vulnerable Geelong can be. But they can, they can reassert, they can play a different pace, but they certainly got got. My point was you're seeing some sides – that can play some amazing footy and they're not even going to play finals. Richmond have been like that. Look at Richmond's last, what, five or six weeks. They've, they've, they've just bungled their own way out of this. Richmond have lost or drawn five of their last eight by six points, three points, two points, four points, and then the draw. <laughs> You're shooting yourself, in, aren't you? Just shooting yourself in your mirror. I, I don't think there's enough of these struggling sides quits buying for the eight. They're going to miss, and some of them can play outstanding footy, but Geelong can counter that as they did in the last term on uh, on Saturday night. And yeah. they've got the big power forwards 
and the clean ball users midfield. Yeah, and look. Tom Stewart to come back to even make this defence even better. Yeah, best defender in the league. Okay, thanks, Haggis. Great night tonight, and we'll be back again on Thursday night from 5 AFL Round 20. 20. Unbelievable. The season's almost done and dusted. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Haggis. This has been uh, Drive. Here on SENWA, all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre, where you get the right tool from the start. See you tomorrow at 5 o'clock.